Hey yo, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Thirty-seventh week. We're recording a little early this week, earlier than normal, because you're going to be getting on a plane for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I'm not going to be around on our normal recording day, but the episode will co- still come out as usual. So if anything major happens this week and we haven't covered it, uh, we'll talk about it next week, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is Mind Over Magic, and we're just hanging out. Welcome to our new listeners that might be joining us for the first time. Matt, uh, Eric and I have known each other over 10 years, and yeah. we like to just kind of get together, hash things out each week, and 37 weeks ago, we decided to record it and yeah. have people kind of join and listen in, and we're honored to have you here, so thanks for joining us. Yeah, we were talking about last week, uh, we brought up the one-year anniversary of the pandemic. Uh, where where were you? I mean, I think I know where you were when, when like the sh- uh, everything shut down. Uh, but uh, you were on stage, right? Or like ready to do a show? Like when yeah, did you in get between the call? shows. So it was yeah. a Saturday night. It was March fourteenth, twenty twenty. I'd finished the first show, and then other shows in town started making announcements that they were canceling their second show. Uh, so that was kind of when it all started. So uh, that was our last night. We did two shows on March fourteenth, and that was that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, in the middle of uh, seeing a lot of Broadway shows. I think I had like a week free of like my shows. So I was just like, I'm going to see as many Broadway shows as I could, uh, as well as like another, like I went to Joe's Pub for the first time after living in New York and just saw like a cabaret thing earlier in the week. I went and saw um, To Kill a Mockingbird with uh, Ed Harris. That was awesome. And then the last show, literally the, right as the world was shutting down, I saw, are you familiar with Come From Away, that show? The Broadway show? No, I'm not. So this is, uh, uh, I mean, it was really fitting to that this was the last theater I got to see. Uh, but it's about the, um, uh, the, the planes that were grounded during 9-11. And uh, they were all, like, a bunch of planes weren't allowed to come into the United States. And they were grounded in Newfoundland. And it's all about the residents of Newfoundland taking in all these strangers into their town and community. And it's all about kind of like the the positivity of humanity and coming together during a crisis, which was very hopeful at the time. And then we see how some people acted during this pandemic. And it's like, well, maybe it doesn't always happen everywhere. <laughs> Less hopeful. No, but I mean, you still there's still uh, plenty of good stories of people, you know, gathering together and, and coming through this, but uh, and not gathering together. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> they're not allowed to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like we said last episode, you know, there's hope. There's murmurs of Broadway coming back now, and uh, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. That's really exciting, as well. It is. Uh, it, it really is good to see it because obviously we're in the midst of of planning to get a, get a safe reopening uh, sooner than later with no specific date announced yet. Teaser. Um, <laughs> but really, you know, and I try not to get too in the weeds on this stuff with all that. When you're opening a show in Vegas, it really is crazy the amount of moving parts that are involved. And, you know, as someone who has to focus on executing the content of the show, creating it and performing it, I try not to get too in the weeds on like, logistic details but it's hard for me not to because i care about the the final product and uh it's the details that make up that bigger picture Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh right now i'm happy to just like be able to step away from that be present in this moment talking about other things yeah (laughs) uh, whatever that might be so i'm i'm excited to be here but it is a sign that there's light at the end of the tunnel since we are planning that stuff yeah, it's it's so funny how some people think when you're in like the arts, like like I want to get to the point, which I don't know if you ever can, because you just mentioned you're always kind of thinking about all aspects. But like the the dream would be just like I could just focus on the show 
and that would be it, you know, just the artistic side of things. But that's rarely the case when it comes to a career in showbiz because you are, there's so many, like you're saying, logistical things and, uh, you know, you can't just have that kind of bohemian-like view of, oh, it's just the art. Uh, well, let my people deal with all the uh, the important stuff because, you know, you it's it's all reflecting on you and in your persona and, you know, you want every aspect i'm very type a so like for me i want to have a hand in all of like the logistics the booking the travel all that stuff too yeah i mean being in vegas for over five years i've definitely gotten to a flow state where i was able to just focus on the creative and it's an amazing place to get to but you're right it's rare it's not all the time it's certainly not what i'm experiencing right now <laughs> right uh it's uh it's it's a process that i actually enjoy parts of it too yeah, yeah. So it's fascinating because you gotta you want to know all aspects of your bus business. And if you're your own boss, if you if you kind of equate that to any like quote traditional job where there's a boss that should know every aspect of the business because then they can fill in if an employee's out or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I kinda wish there was a, a version of like an undercover boss where it was for entertainers, but then it's like I you're kinda your own boss, so who would you yeah. be who would you be fooling? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think musicians are better at this, like maybe letting a manager handle everything and staying out of it? I feel like I've seen examples of it, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, um, I was kind of thinking about that, too, just because, I mean, this is a good segue into the Grammys that were this past weekend. I don't know if you watched it. Which I it. missed. Did you watch it? You missed it completely? I forgot it was even on. <laughs> and I'm aware it happened, yeah. I think, you know, but that's it. Uh, I caught some of the performances, uh, but it was, it was fascinating, too, because uh, I think I finally figured out the difference between, like, record of the year, song of the year, and album of the year. Record and album, I would have a hard time differentiating those two. Yeah, I'm going to get it wrong now as I re recite it back to you <laughs> because <laughs> it is it is complicated. Um, All right. But I think re record goes into like the actual engineering uh, aspect of the song. So it's it's a song, but it's, you know, the who's working the boards, it's the producers and the artist performing it. Uh, but song is just the songwriters who composed the song. So sometimes oh. the performer doesn't even win that uh, if they weren't in the songwriting process. And then album mm -hmm. is like everyone involved in the entire album, song, writer, performer, engineer. I think like only a few like producers are left out of that if there were only on like the money marketing end of things. So uh, but it's kind of that same thing. There's so many people behind the scenes. It's not just the artist. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, like, like we were just saying, is like I feel musicians can just focus on the art part because they have this team to be like, oh, we're going to take, you know, especially at that level. It's like, oh, we're going to deal with the marketing on this and you don't have to worry about that. We're going to work on mm -hmm. this. I mean, I'm sure they all have a say because, you know, it's their brand. I mean just thinking about all the history being made this past Grammys with like Beyonce winning more awards than anyone ever. And I'm sure she has a say in what her album art looks like or whatever, or, or how it's oh, being definitely. marketed, you know, uh, she just, didn't get to where she is by not having a say either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, so I, it's just one of those things you're constantly trying to, uh, like spin all those plates. It just seems. It's a careful balance. And I, I think my, um, my if, if i could point out a flaw it would be like i i do i do probably pay a little too much i get a little too into the weeds on it like my manager's always saying you don't have to worry about this we'll work it out and i'm like <laughs> okay but i like it with the text a little bit lower still you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your minds are still on the graphics right now <laughs> i mean they're every, it's yeah, everywhere yeah, my mind yeah. is everywhere actually it was everywhere but now now it's right here i'm thankful to have my mind good, here good, so good, good. yeah uh, I, there were some crazy performances in the Grammys. I definitely recommend you look them up. Did uh, BTS performed, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I B missed theirs. I didn't oh. catch every performance, but uh, but there was some, just like the production level. So they kind of did it more like in a round. It was, it was very strange. Like I tuned in the beginning and like the bands were all on different stages and kind of just like watching one another because there was no audience in the Staples Center where they were um, doing the, the, the uh, award ceremony. 
Uh, so it was kind of like a jam session or like you do your thing and we're all going to watch and then like it'll cut right to me, uh, someone else on another stage and we're all going to watch it. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of like a round robin, which was kind of fun. But then like the production value of some of these pieces were like uh, it's just like, you know, a giant bed and a giant heel with a stripper pole for a Cardi B. You know, it was like it's just like the, the technology and it was like you don't see that the other award shows of just like this artistic creativity in terms of production where just like anything can happen. It's like Taylor Swift could just ask, I want a whole forest theme and a cabin. Can you just like create a set like that? It's just like, right. Wow. It's unbelievable. Right. Uh, the, just the all out and like the, the wardrobe that's way more out there for the Grammys. So I feel like there's definitely more artistic expression coming from the, the music world and mm-hmm. there's just so many awards to it i'm so glad they don't show all of them on air right, right. <laughs> but uh i enjoyed it i was glad i tuned in uh, just to see how do. they're doing it in pan- in the pandemic yeah and i'm surprised yeah. because you're such a music guy that you, you well, missed out well i i am but I, I mean stop me if i've already mentioned this but like i realize i don't know a lot of current music at this mm-hmm. moment and mm-hmm. did we talk about that yeah, well, that's one reason to tune into the Grammys, too, just to see. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. There was a lot of people I was like, I don't know who this artist is. It was like, but, but there was someone who was like, yeah, I, 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 that, that's crossed my mind, or I've heard that name somewhere, yeah. Yeah, like, that's me on New Year's Eve the past couple of years. It's like an education for me. Like, oh, this this is that person. I've heard this song <laughs> before, you know? But, like, I used to be up on all that stuff, and now I guess I've somehow fallen behind. I think... I think we're getting older. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So that was fun. But uh, the Sunday wasn't just the Grammys. It was also my mom's birthday. I made a video for that. Yeah, yeah. We were. Uh, it was a big one, a big milestone for my mom. I, I don't know if she wants me to say it on the podcast, so we'll, we won't. But uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's a, one of those pandemic birthdays, and you know, normally for a big birthday, we'll get a lot of people together and celebrate which, you know, unfortunately we can't do this year. Uh, So me and my brother compiled a video of family and her close friends and our friends and friends of the family uh, just to wish her a happy birthday. And, uh, yes, you you were one of those. you, you didn't have to pay your cameo fee. You did that one for free. <laughs> Pro bono. We're friends. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was uh, very lovely. She was moved. Uh, I, I spent most of the week editing that video together and doing all the, the technical side of that. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just a, a, a team effort for me and my brother reaching out to some people we didn't even have, like, addresses for some of her friends like or like right. like emails or contact so <laughs> i know in one instance my brother mailed a letter because he only had an address and uh it got to her and uh oh, awesome yeah <laughs> we got a video and uh you know especially that some some of that generation who's not technically familiar with you know recording yourself on a video we got it right. done we got it done so uh well how, yeah. how did it go over Great. She loved it. Um, yeah. You know, my brother lives down the road from her, so she, he went over and helped her, you know, jump on the Zoom, and we played the video, and, uh, yeah, and we had, uh, you know, the niece on the Zoom call as well, my niece, my brother's daughter. <laughs> oh, I'm- my God. You said my niece on the Zoom, and I thought you said my niece on, like the car, and I didn't understand the rest <laughs> of the sentence. <laughs> My Nissan, the Zoom. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. Our family, we're just like all about the brand Nissan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you had to have the Nissan in the background for your mom to enjoy the video. I, I think my mom actually drives a Nissan. So no, I love that you don't even know. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. <laughs> and you're being serious, right? Yeah. You actually don't know. I know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think it's you who doesn't know cars, right? I'm bad at cars. I'm so yeah, bad at so. cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, she she loved it and loved seeing her, my my mom loved seeing her granddaughter, uh, who was on the Zoom as well, and uh, it was great. It was great. 
I like to think there's like between the two of us some sort of wealth of knowledge, but it seems like there also might be a bigger wealth of gaps in our yeah, knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I, we definitely have our blind spots. <laughs> uh, but that aside, no, that's amazing. I'm glad. I'm glad Sunday was a great success. Happy birthday! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, it was fun, and uh, I was thinking about like oh, this pandemic is going to lift at some point, but there's going to still be that group of people that had not one but two pandemic birthdays. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be one of them coming up in May. <laughs> yeah. That would make us both. Yeah, We're both yeah. May. So yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll see. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll get back. I just but- hope I'm allowed to work on my birthday. That's there all I go. ask for this year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of holidays, are you doing anything for St. Patrick's day or no, because you're going to be traveling. No, I'm traveling on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I'm uh, flying for the first time in a long time. Got myself a face shield. I've never worn one. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were gonna say you got yourself a facial. <laughs> no. Have you why? ever gotten a facial? No, I don't think I've ever gotten a facial. <laughs> I did once many years ago. Brutal. Yeah. Oh my God! It was. I mean, maybe I'm just a baby. It was painful. Like like the whole like mask thing and like they peel it off and whatever. They like dig they dig some metal tool like into your face. I don't know if they're like digging into your pores or like blackheads or what, but it's like it was so painful. Gross. I I don't think I would ever do it again. I've only people been, do this all the time. I've only been like quote pampered once and it was a very strange scenario because I was doing <laughs> I was doing a gig for the uh, the Major League Baseball Players Association, this is, yeah. it was the second time I had performed for them. And uh, well, wasn't my business manager at that show? Uh, I'm not. Well, Does I that did ring a bell. I did two. I did two. So I don't know mm-hmm. which one, but I went. I think so. Maybe that sounds yeah. a little weird. Uh, yeah, familiar. But I was in. It was at La Jolla in the the famous golf course there, which I can't even think of right now. La Jolla Golf Course. La Jolla, I believe it's called <laughs> California, and um, I uh, I had the option, you know, because I was just like there at the resort, and they offered me to either a take part in the um, the golf tournament that was happening among all the famous baseball players, and I immediately declined. I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna be." embarrassing myself with my terrible golf skills in front of all these baseball players right (laughs) so i took option b which was like go to the spa oh my god (laughs) oh wow and like i'm not a spa guy (laughs) so did you get a massage yeah we got a massage are you not a massage guy either no because i feel like you can be a massage guy without being a spa guy uh, I, Even though was, they tend to be one and the same, it was awkward. I basically did it because I was like, "This might be a good comedy bit <laughs> at some point, just to figure I out." I guess we're finding out right now how that panned out. <laughs> well, and did, yeah, it's humorous at the very least. <laughs> I mean, I had I did the whole drink the cucumber water and <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> you get you know you're in the robe and uh, you know uh, it's just so awkward. It was all very strange. There are a lot of awkward moments to a spa. <laughs> like just the, I, I guess even just like nobody really talks about the general nudity going yeah. on in the, yeah. in like the, the hot tub areas and things like that. I guess you're either like used to it or you're not. I was like clinging to the bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> and then have you ever, so I've been to a handful because Vegas has like some of the best in the world, you know, in the, in mm-hmm. the, the hotels here. Uh, the win and so on and and a lot of times I've received like gift cards to them yeah. as as gifts and there are some that give you disposable underwear are you familiar with this no, at all? what that's a thing <laughs> that sounds so gross so like clothes are optional but like if you're uncomfortable they'll give you disposable panties to put on I am uncomfortable by that <laughs> phrase <laughs> I put them on no. <laughs> yeah, I popped him on. Why not? Oh, this is uh, so weird. That whole experience is weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're very uncomfortable. They're like, they, they feel like they're made of a disposable material. <laughs> I love that you're just uncomfortable by the whole theme of a spa. Yeah, yeah. But, it's supposed to be relaxing, that, and, it, and I'm anything but. 
<laughs> and and th- th- that was more comfortable than being on the golf course. Now, I've yes. never been to a spa with you, but I have been to a golf course with you. <laughs> yes. And th- this is funny because two episodes two episodes in a row I've mentioned Steve Harvey, so this will be the third, but like mm-hmm. we it would be wrong if at some point we didn't talk about the time you and I entered and, and played in Steve Harvey's golf tournament here in Las Vegas. I think we were coerced into participating <laughs> from from your uh, your 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 lovely uh, showmate Ted. There, <laughs> I mean, we said this isn't going to be a fun time. We said no. we don't want to play golf. We don't enjoy golf, right? You were you were on the same page as me on that, right? Again, I was already familiar with the potential of embarrassing myself in front of a bunch of celebrities. <laughs> so I was like, no, let's not do the Steve Harvey tournament uh, in the middle of the summer, by the way, which was like one of the hottest days in Vegas. <laughs> Ever in the history of Las Vegas, from my memory. We didn't even make it the whole day. We needed a foursome, right? So it was like me, you, Ted, and someone else. I don't remember who. One of Ted's friends, maybe? Yeah. And and I remember just you and I basically didn't leave the golf cart. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I just want to go on record. Like We we went on record so many times saying this is not going to be a good time. We were so right. We were, well, I mean, there were, were little highlights. The highlights were in between each hole where they had like little stations set up for like a snack and like some alcohol. <laughs> I think cold water to dump yeah. on our heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they cajoled us out of the cart for like two times, but I never hit a ball. I refused to even like attempt. Oh, really? But I think they got you to hit a ball once. Oh, I definitely tried. Yeah. I remember also like you just like laying on the fairway (laughs) at one point. I'm like just hanging out, sitting down. So it was so hot. Oh man. And then, and then we like finished the front nine and they're like, yo, you want to continue? And we're like, we were like, me and you were like, no, we're good. We're done. (laughs) We're done with the day. Ted, you can stay if you'd like. We forfeit. I want to be awake during tonight's show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll hit some balls at the range, though, but, like, I just don't, like, there's such, like, an environment around golf. There's an outfit. There's an outfit. There's, like, I mean, people do it for, like, business you know networking and like oh big time big time of course but then it's all like talking about the stroke and you know the form and people are judging you based off of your ball going only a foot sometimes which if you miss the tee that happens at the driving Mm -hmm. range for me at least uh yeah it's not it's not something And, and this is funny too because i believe i went to take golf lessons when i was like little I remember um, growing up at home, I like, there's a guy, <laughs> I think his name was Dick Nass. Dick Nass's golf course, <laughs> golf lessons uh, at, uh, at uh, one, one of the local golf uh, places. But the only time I was actually good at golf was when I was chipping from the fringe to try and get the ball into the hole. So I would intentionally try to miss the green to land just outside the green so I could have a better chance chipping the ball in rather than putting. That's where my mind was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, not the best golfer, let's just say. <laughs> I do love mini golf, though. I do like a good mini golf course, especially if it's like well-designed and there's like some fun contraptions. Yeah, That's what we're missing in Vegas. There's like no mini really? golf. Yeah. You got to go to like the Cape. The Cape uh, has amazing, like I remember like Pirate Cove and all these like really built out theme parks and you know ones and it's great well you do know i've been to golf and stuff golf (laughs) yes (laughs) we'd be remiss if we didn't try to tie this into karate kid and cobra hey that's the word i was looking for by the way (laughs) i was trying to say like two minutes ago we would be remiss not to mention playing in steve harvey's (laughs) golf tournament and that's the word i couldn't think of I'm like, betwixt? Nope, that's wrong. (laughs) We're filling in each other's uh, gaps. We're just saying the gap of knowledge. (laughs) Mind over magic. That was the mind coming in. Coming in for the save.
But yeah, no, I'm not uh, doing anything for St. Patrick's Day. How about you? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have plans. So if you notice on our very uh, advanced production worksheet, I wrote St. Patrick's Day, question mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a quarter Irish. So okay. I, I mean, I'll have like a beer probably when I land. Uh, oh, but fun. I'm just kind of like worried. I, I hope <laughs> I was like, I'll fly it on St. Patrick's Day because it probably won't be that bad. But now I'm also thinking like, what if everyone's just like, got like toasted, like wasted on this plane and no one's taking it seriously. So now I'm a little nervous again. Uh, I don't flying. think you can drink on airplanes right now. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's probably true because people will, you know, not follow the safety rules i I actually am not 100 percent sure of like the reasoning if it has to do with people potentially not following rules or or you know drink (laughs) airlines are hurting and like they they provide alcohol free of charge to first class cabins like i don't know if it's that or if it's just an excuse like they're not doing food either um oh or yeah maybe it's just a like a mask they are doing drinks but as far as i know they weren't doing Mm -hmm. alcoholic beverages um last i heard uh, I plan on doing what I always do when I flew uh, in the past, which was sleep the entire time. So there you go. That's, that's my plan. Uh, that's a good way it, to do it. Do it safely, and uh, yeah, and uh, we'll go from there. So you get some real shows uh, this week in yeah. other states. Yeah, it's gonna exciting. Be weird. It's gonna be weird. I feel definitely a bit nervous about the shows just because it's been so long since I've done a live show. Um, and socially distanced shows are awkward. I did like, like one or two in the fall, right? We talked about those on the cast, and uh, but it's still, it's been a long time. I've just been full virtual mode. I had to even like go through and try and remember like what was my show? Do I have a video? Can I rewatch like to see what I performed? Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I've done that, yeah. Yeah, and to even like throw in some real old pieces I had done that weren't in my live show just because it's better for social distancing. Um, some might remember me doing the coloring with Howard Stern from AGT. That was in my show for a while, but I took it out. Uh, but now it's back in because it's a good social distancing uh, piece. So, uh, you know, the person could be on one side of the stage and I can be on the other. Uh, and we'll we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, it'll be definitely weird to get back in the swing of things. To, I'm definitely gonna feel the rust, and I'm just gonna power through it. I think. I think that's the plan. Awesome. I uh, we're gonna get to the diddle me this and trivia in a little bit. Um, but I think I'll I think I'll throw this at you before. I had an idea this morning. I didn't plan on mentioning this, by the way, like while while recording, but I don't see why not to, because I was going to ask you about it in general. It's okay, Matt. Our listeners barely think we plan anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, like what I'm saying is like I don't know. I mean, this is a little bit inside information. Like I, I basically want to run a, an idea for a bit by you right now. Oh yes, in fact, I, I was gonna potentially like bring up your process anyway today. Oh, so this All is right. good. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I woke up this morning thinking about uh, a, a new segment that's potentially going into the show that involves a poker table. Okay. And we, we pilfered an actual poker table from the link. Nice. And we asked for it. Oh, we I was going to just... say, did they know? <laughs> You're just like, they go out to the, the floor and they're like, hey, where's table four seven? <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we asked for a, a link poker table uh, to be delivered to the theater and they acquiesced. Is that the right word? No. That, that, yeah, that was good. It is? I okay. Like now, was it one of the po- poker tables that has your face on it? Like, it actually the- is. Really? Okay, great. It is, which uh, this is part of the story now. So it's a little too busy to use mm-hmm. like for what I'm going to be doing because it's got my face. It's got like all the the little bet spots and everything. We kind of just need like a blank slate to perform and, on as a surface. And just so people are clear, uh, it's for marketing your show. Like that's a thing in Vegas. They just like brand the tables. It's not just like someone just yeah. decided to slap your face on it for right. no reason. Right. <laughs> It's advertising, but if you play, you know, blackjack at the link, mm-hmm. you can play on my face. Um, so that, that triples the bet if you put the bet on your face. <laughs> and you see how this is like funny fodder to just like the fact that my face is on a poker table. It is yes. humorous. So what I was thinking about <laughs> is like, oh, maybe there's a bit like where they first bring out the table and my face is there. And like there's some, you know, we zoom in on the cam with the camera on it mm-hmm. on the iMag and then like we remove it for the actual trick. 
Oh, okay. Oh, you, you know, like a magical removal of your face? Not even a magical oh, removal. Okay. Just like, uh, I didn't think of it as magical. I thought of it as like, uh, okay, guys, l- let's get this off here so I can perform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I started thinking of like the time that, and you've probably heard some of this story maybe, like the time I sat and actually had friends in town that wanted to play blackjack and they insisted on sitting at my tables. So I actually had to <laughs> sit and play blackjack at my own blackjack table. How awkward is that? Yeah. Imagine Are you familiar if, with this? I, I vaguely recall you talking mm-hmm. about this, but also like imagine the the one person at the table who's not part of your crew and they're just <laughs> like, wait a minute. Is that the guy whose face is on the table right there? Like of all the tables, he decides how egotistical this guy needs to play. <laughs> so so Ted's tail. at the table and he's egging the whole thing on to the pit <laughs> boss saying, oh, don't you think he looks like him? <laughs> And the pit boss, you know, ha- has no idea that it is me going, ah, you look like you could be his older brother. <laughs> right. And then the pit boss goes on his merry way. And uh, now now Ted's egging on the dealer saying, uh, oh, have you seen this show? Like, would you say this is a good show? Or And and the pit boss had clearly been to the show because he that's described so it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, and, and then the dealer said, yes, great show. Matt Franco, great country music. Doesn't it say magic on the table? It does. <laughs> That's the worst is whenever they confuse magician with musician, like in any branding, right? So it just happened to you in your own casino. <laughs> so my question is, is there some uh is there some water? Is there some validity to sharing a story like this during the show? Oh, maybe. You seem apprehensive. No, I think it's it, I think I think it's a fun fun story to talk about, but it's just finding the right angle and like so it just doesn't feel like it's out of left field, you know? Like Sure. Yeah, I have to think on this a little bit. Uh my comedy brain is a little uh uh still waking up this morning. <laughs> well, I haven't gotten to the kicker. Oh, yes. Give me the whole story. So if then, assuming I can pull people from the audience, you know, maybe we're post-COVID here. Uh, but anyway, um, assuming now I, I, we can pull people from the audience. They just have to be six foot distance. So uh, I think then, you know, just to make not make a liar out of the dealer, <laughs> play country do- music <laughs> as you go into the audience to select the volunteers is kind of the punchline almost. <laughs> just for this one dealer. Well, yeah, well, that's kind of the, the joke. Story. Yeah, you'd have to tell That's the kind story. of the yeah. joke of yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for all I know, she's down there in the pit right now telling people <laughs> there's such great country music in this show. I don't want to make a liar out of her. So here we go. Is yeah. that silly? Yeah, I think it's a good punchline if you can work that story in and it feels, you know, natural and everything like that. Yeah. Do you have the perfect stereotypical sort of country song in mind? No, I don't. I don't, by the way. But no. I was just curious if you're like, oh, yeah, it's got to be, you know. No, I missed that part of the Grammys, too. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd recommend something I had just heard. <laughs> so you, but you think if, if the transition is there, if it's tied in, it feels OK, maybe. Yeah, it's all about justifying it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the whole the whole thing with the the comedy and everything like that. It's, and, and, you know, is the payoff worth the the dive? The diversion too, you know, sure. the, the going off on a tangent per se. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all about that balance. So I think I could potentially see it working, but I, I think you might have to finesse it anyway. And it's like any, any oh, comedy. Definitely, bit. definitely have to finesse it, <laughs> yeah. but keep going. Yeah. But it's like any comedy bit too. You're going to have to try it too. But if you find it's not working, it's like, yeah, accident, you know, it's a, you got to do it in front of audiences and see if it's working or not too. Yeah. Gonna, would you take, would you there. take a bet on it? You know, like uh, a bet? No. I yeah. Don't like like kind of the title of, the title of uh, Seinfeld's book, I, which I haven't read yet, but I have it. Is this something? If I'm saying to you, "Is this something?" What do you say? Maybe, maybe. I say maybe. I say yeah. it's maybe Same. something. Yeah. Do you say that about your own bits until you try them? Yeah, a lot of them. I I always run things by people too to kind of just gauge if they're getting given the right reaction or if it's like peaking an interest or like getting a laugh even at the basic level. And then I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can explore this more. And then, but still, until that's the thing I'm so missing about my Amazeball show is because I'm I'm coming up with like bits for my show, but I'm 
can't try him out anywhere yet, you know? Right. And also it's real difficult when most of everything lives on, you know, Zoom and virtual at the moment. Like, mm -hmm. you can just, like, call. I, I've done this in the past, too. It's just, like, even when I was working on my virtual shows, like, just... I need a few people jump on zoom. Let me try a few things. And then, all right, cool. That worked. That didn't good to know. And then, you know, you're on your way. So just to having any audience and getting that feedback, I think that's, that's the most important part when you're coming up because you can, you can just like almost get trapped in your own head of what you think is funny. And maybe it is funny, but it, maybe it's also just a communication uh, problem of like, what you think is funny is not being communicated to your audience too. So it's right. just something in that, in that process going yeah. back and forth. And it's about editing too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, can you condense it down? Like you said, it is a diversion from what you're doing, especially when your show is something else. It's, it's like the show isn't meant to be a, a straight comedy show. So like anything you do, that's either comedic, comedic or, or something other than magic feels like a diversion. So can you, can it be 30 seconds? Is it two minutes? Right, how long, right, right, how long right. is it? And is it justified? So, yeah, people aren't going to the Matt Franco show and then just like in the middle of the show, going to sit through a tight 20. Of no, <laughs> not a tight 20. <laughs> like, not a tight 20. Well, I remember he did magic at the start of the show and at the end of the show, but that middle part was just very strange. <laughs> well, you've seen this before with, with acts that like, yeah, I mean, they maybe they're a ventriloquist, but they do straight singing numbers, and like, mm -hmm, there's a mm -hmm. tolerance for that, but yeah, there's a limit. There's a limit to right. how long it can go, right? Right. Yeah. You you can't overpower why people are there to see you. Yeah, yeah. but variation spices it up. Right. Exactly. exactly. Well, that was nice. Thanks for letting me bounce that off you. Yeah. I'm a little. Uh, I feel a little uneasy and embarrassed to uh, kind of. Hey. Throw that out there right now. We're nothing but honest and raw on this podcast. And uh, you gave me something because, like, a lot of times, and this will get into something that I want to talk about after our riddle and trivia anyway, but a lot of times it'll just rattle around in your brain for a while, and then you might find a solution. So that'll be a little tease. But until then, let's uh, time for, let, let's time for, it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that, will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! All right, Matt, ready for your riddle? Mm-hmm. You're in London. You look up at the clock. The big hand and the little hand are midway between the one and two, lying on top of each other. What time is it? I feel like I should be able to figure this out because I know how clocks work. Yes. Uh, I'm, I, London, I feel like, like uses the same clock as us. Like In other words, it's not military time or something. Uh, so let me just figure out if I had a clock right now where where the hands were both between the one and two in the middle of the one and two. Let me figure out what that answer would be while keeping in mind that this could be a trick because it's a riddle. Right. So that means it's not yet two o'clock yet. So that means it's one something. Now, I, all I need to worry about is the minute hand, which the one would be five minutes past. The two would be 10 minutes past. So two and a half minutes in between would be seven and a half minutes past. So like the real answer should be 107-ish and 30 seconds. Right. That That's the misleading part of this riddle because I was almost going to include it's not 107 or whatever <laughs> as the as the thing at the t tail end of this riddle uh because uh the, it is a riddle it's not going for the exact uh you know figuring it out because also i'm not sure if the the minute in the hour hand i think they only maybe briefly overlap between the one oh. and the two if that right uh, that might you know. never actually happen like the like yeah in theory the our hand wouldn't probably be that far yet if it had only been seven minutes in. Mm -hmm. 
or further. I'm not sure the answer, but right. I know what you so mean. So there's all these mechanical gears going on where, you know, the minute hand's still going and the hour hand is really technically moving slowly. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly going to line up. So I don't know if the clock ever actually gets there. So I want you to think about it a different way because that is not the answer to this riddle. All right. So the clock is broken. And it's a so bro- we, broken clock. So we don't know. Or, yeah, is this Big Ben? Uh, there's, there's a lot of red herrings in this riddle. There's some issues with it, as you can oh. already tell from my, uh, <laughs> from my tone of voice. But so okay. L- London doesn't matter at all. You can just be looking at a clock. Okay. Got but it. the important things are the, uh, the little hand and the big hand are on top of each other and lying between the one and the two. What time? Is oh, it? I see. I see. I know because they only get between the one and the two at midnight at yeah. noon. <laughs> it's between the one and the two of the twelve. It's not, quite a good riddle, actually. And not I between dig the one and the two of the, you know one o'clock, yeah. two o'clock. I, that's why riddle. I liked it. I liked that like clever way of phrasing that it's smack dab between the twelve. <laughs> I love so. that. No, that's a great one. And dude, no one. Thank you. No one is gonna believe that. That we didn't coordinate because I have a uh, trivia for you that is almost on theme with this. Really? Let's hit it. All right. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia Okay, the reason I chose this, by the way, is because we just had day- daylight savings time. Yeah, and it's thrown which, off my entire sleep schedule. Oh, <laughs> so I'm right fast. there with you. I mean, it's like, it's just it's just one of my least favorite things to do is the whole daylight savings but thing. But there's a whole petition to get rid of it. It's just like, we don't need it anymore. Yeah, there, there, there are talks specifically in Nevada to get rid of it, and we'll apparently, we're ready to go and on board, but California has to do it as well. Mm-hmm. And there are talks, but I feel like there's just a whole bunch of red tape. And even though they're talking about it now from like a political or legal standpoint, it's still, even if they did it, it's probably would take like years yeah. to go into effect, you know? And I believe Penn has a thing where he's just like, everyone should go off Greenwich Mean Time and just like whatever the time is, like don't even have time zone, you know? Right. That, that just go off like our day is whatever, minus six. So, you know, you get up <laughs> at, uh, you know, 11 p.m. and work until <laughs> so forth and i think right. i think that could work i think it would throw people's brains into a tizzy but <laughs> yeah but once you learn it you're in yeah <laughs> you know all right so uh here's the question for you and i mean you've already received a tiny hint because you know that both california and nevada participate in daylight savings time mm-hmm. which two u.s states don't observe daylight savings time I know one for sure uh, because okay. I believe I have like almost missed a gig. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't uh, wait to see which one that is. Actually, I want to say it's Arizona. Uh, Arizona. Some that like, is correct. Yeah, one of the <laughs> one of the states is Arizona. Uh, they just don't go with it. And then, hmm, I want to say it's probably like a random. Well, there are 50 states. Think no, about I know. this. No, Think so about it. My, my, I was literally like immediately going not continental like the, the, the 48, but like going to Alaska just because their time zones. I mean, they're, they have such wacky time with the, uh, where they are in the Arctic Circle anyway. So that's my other guess is Alaska. So close. Is it Hawaii? It is. <laughs> so close. Between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in mentalism, we call that off by one, off which is even one. more impressive. <laughs> I'm going to give myself. And yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> half and half. That's great. I didn't know. Yeah, Hawaii. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I don't even know. I mean, they're so far west. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I'm surprised that that you knew the Arizona one just from like almost missing a gig. Like also, that's part of the reason there's so much motivation for Nevada and California mm-hmm. too because yeah. they're so close and it's like, come on, they're already doing it. Let's get on board, you know? So There's I I'm going to get the exact uh it's either Newfoundland or Prince Edward Island or something like that, but they're they're in like the half time zone too. So like they're they're like 30 minutes ahead. 
at times. And that just is wild to me. I could have this all wrong, but I know there's like some weird like Canadian province that has its own half time zone somewhere. Yeah. It's so strange. It's to too much for me. Although I do like that it stays lighter longer now. Yeah. Well, also, I think there was uh, riddles I've read that I've skipped that are just about like, uh, you know, time and, you know, talking about that Arctic Circle where the sun never sets, you know, for a part of the year. And it's like, mm-hmm. again, living up there, that would be wild when it's like complete darkness for half the year and like mm-hmm. complete light for the other half of the year. Wild. wild. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Um, I wanted to get into this, uh, uh, what I teased about that creative process. Um, I was listening to uh, Mike Birbiglia's podcast. I'm catching up on it, and there's some really interesting stuff. I'm just like in comedy brain mode, and uh, he was doing just it. a few minutes ago. You told me your comedy brain wasn't working right when I needed it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's waking up this morning, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but for the week, it's been active. <laughs> All right, let's just hang up now. Call me when it's back on. <laughs> But it's one of those things that I'll continue to process because he was asking uh, Melissa Villasenor, who's on yeah. SNL, who we actually knew from the, the NACA market, you know, yeah. way back when. Um, yep. They were talking about how if she's working on a bit, she'll just like ask the angels before she goes to bed. And, uh, and then in the morning, you know, sometimes that bit is solved or has a new approach to it. And Berbigley was like, yeah, there's like an atheist way of doing that, too, where it's just like your subconscious mind is working on it. They kind of talked about that. Yeah. Uh, and it's so true. It's like sometimes when you have a problem, you just like sit on it for a while and just kind of don't give it conscious attention. You let your subconscious, you know, problem solve for you. Uh, I first learned about this whole scenario from Lance's advice book. So Lance Burton when I met him as a, uh, probably in college still, went to the McBride Mystery School, we saw Lance's show, and Lance had a booklet that he gave out to people he met, and in that he talks about his um, his famous ending to his show where he was dueling this villain, and suddenly at the end of the show he takes off the mask and the villain is Lance, and he wanted to figure out a way to do it. He was just kind of stuck, and he just like talked about presenting the problem and then sleeping on it. And then his brain, it came to him almost in a dream, the solution. And it's just that same thing is your subconscious mind continues to work on problems. And I just think that's so fascinating. And I'm, I was curious to, to know if you had any examples of that or what you think of that. Do you trust that kind of system? Because it's hard to trust because it's sort of like you have to let go at the same time. It's like you, you can't be in control and just let, let that problem solving happen. Yeah, I mean, right before trivia and riddles, I gave one example. I mean, I've, I've been thinking about this transition of getting the poker table out there, and that might not be the right solution, but I woke up with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. come up with it. I yeah. somehow subconsciously tied together the story of sitting at the table and the true story that happened and tied it into that transition. Um, I feel like I've learned even more about it through meditation. Mm-hmm. because you're sort of you're not necessarily clearing your mind as many people think you're allowing thoughts to come and go but you're not getting caught up in them you're only yes. focusing on for example the breath would be like uh, a common example so you're like allowing thoughts to come and go but you're not trying to solve those problems all you're focusing on is whatever that whatever you're meditating on so in this example it would be the breath um and i do find that there's huge benefit to letting things marinate yeah yeah and coming back to it later yeah and i can see like easily how people could attribute this sudden awakening to a solution as like quote divine intervention or like even going back to like greek mythology of like asking the muses you know and that them giving you these responses but i definitely prefer you know that scientific approach to things it's just like we encounter so many different problems or, uh, you know, that present themselves throughout the day and your mind has experience solving them. So it kind of continues to do that process, whether or not you're focused on it. Uh, and it's just kind of like humming in the background. I, I think of it like a, like a machine, just like let the machine go to work and uh, right. I could do other things while, you know, <laughs> the, the, 
the pizzas in the oven or whatever. <laughs> no, it's so true. And and I just have to tie this into another meditation. I think the technique is called do nothing. And it's, it, you just have to try to remember this here. It's something about removing any, having any intentions, right? So mm-hmm. like if you're intending to think about something, you stop, right? But then they say, well, what if you realize you can't stop? Well, then it's not your intention. Mm. So it's okay. You oh, know, that's it's, interesting. it's interesting. It is. It is. It's, it's, that's uh, a weird like balance and like very flow, <laughs> flowy kind of thing. The whole um, thing's very flow. I, I, I don't know. I might sound like, if I sound different today, it's because this is probably the first time I haven't meditated before the podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> Usually I get one in before, but I've had a busy morning, so I haven't gotten to it yet. So if I'm a little, uh, you know, spastic compared to usual, that's what I blame it on. Here comes the listener mail, and they're just going to be like, man, Matt sounds different. <laughs> <laughs> I knew something was up. <laughs> uh, this whole concept, though, it ties into, I got to, uh, not to name drop, but I, 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 got, I was on the clubhouse, back on clubhouse, and I got to meet Larry Wilmore for the first time. Now, this is the, fir- the second time his name's come up recently. Yeah. Well, I mentioned him because of, I even said to him, I go, great job moderating the Colbert and Delgadio and Frank Oz panel, um, Mm -hmm. you know, after Delgadio's show. Uh, But, you know, Larry has a background in magic, but I mean, he's a prolific writer for so many TV shows and then having his own show and working daily show and all this stuff. So um, people were welcoming him to Clubhouse and I popped in that room just because we had mutual friends in the magic world. And a lot of people were giving him advice about like, yeah, the magic rooms, you know, can be a little bit like, you know, all about magic. And he's like encouraging him, like people were encouraging to explore around and pop into different rooms. And kind of there were there's this general talk of like well-roundedness, which is great to have. Right. And uh, and it's kind of like uh, I brought I brought the conversation a little bit back to comedy because I'm so curious of his role in, in the comedy world. And uh just that well-roundedness is so important because that's he was talking about in drawing your influences from outside your field to be creative in the field you are so it was one of those things it's like in the improv world if you're just doing a lot of improv your scenes start to be about improv Uh. (laughs) and i feel like the same problem happens in magic a lot when people are just so focused on magic and they're not seeing anything from the outside world it's just like you're doing the same magic and it's like a magic-y magic like it's all magic right your patter your patter is about divernin and (laughs) sure 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 yeah so he had some great advice because another writer came in too, uh, who wanted to get tips on on writing, um, and uh, he had some really great tips. And he just basically said writers are too smart for their own good. And he says at some point you got to trust that skill that you've developed as writing, and you got to let go of it. And you, he, his quote was, be an athlete of your heart, not a gymnast of your head. Huh. Yeah. So it's, it's how to tap into your talent without being consciously, uh, you know, thinking about that skill and to like let go and let that emotion, that heart come through. And I think that ties into this whole conversation of like, we have the skills at this point. It's like we've developed those tools to solve the problems to come up with the effect the solution to a method we haven't done the 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 joke we're trying to write you know whatever those skills are there and sometimes you just have to let go and trust that you're gonna get there and to focus more on connecting with your audience or or something else that's more important and finding that you know by letting go that solution will arrive to you i love that advice yeah so he's no, a very smart great. man. This was, this was Wilmore giving that advice, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to repeat that because I just think it's so interesting on how we can approach that towards creating, you know, uh, whether it's a joke or a show or a magic trick or whatever in that process of being like we have – like when I'm reading a magic book, it's not like I'm trying to create – uh, a piece around whatever method I'm just learning just for the sake of throwing that in the show or whatever. It's like I'm adding to my toolbox so that when I want to create something, mm-hmm. I have all the tools needed and then I don't necessarily have to actively, you know, go out and try and 
force the solution. Right. I can let everything that I know that's like part of me kind of almost come together on its own and right. work itself out eventually. Yeah, because it takes sense? time to let that knowledge assimilate. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's interesting because Larry Wilmore, I feel like, is popping up in my life everywhere. Oh, yeah. Whereas before he was kind of just maybe in my peripheral vision. But like you're mentioning him now. He he moderated that thing. And I also just watched him be interviewed on, on Bill Maher's show. Oh, nice. Oh, great. And uh, <laughs> he, fascinating to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it, you know? So it's... uh. It's, it's like serendipitous that you they're bringing this mm-hmm. up now. Another weird coincidence. Well, th- I don't know how much of a coincidence it is. I think there's also something. Have we, have we ever talked about the stochastic process? No, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> this is something I learned in college. Is uh, It's a way of filtering things. It, 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 we learned it because it, it tied into like education and pedagogy and all this stuff. But uh, it's all about defining your filter first. So whatever your filter is, you have to have a strong filter. And then once that filter is in place, you can process everything more clearly through that filter. And a good example when I was reading about this in an educational textbook was um, say you just bought a green Honda. I'll just pick a, a car brand I know since I we just talked about how bad I am at cars. <laughs> <laughs> say you were looking, you just bought a green Honda. And then all of a sudden, you're driving down the street and you just keep noticing, oh, that's a green Honda. There's another right. green Honda, right? Right. It's They were always there, but now that you've redefined what that filter is, now you're seeing things that you didn't, you weren't aware were there the entire time. So this is your Larry Wilmore stochastic process where it is. he was yeah, around. He was always there, yeah. He was around, but just because we started talking about him, you started to notice him more pop up everywhere. Yeah. But, but the stochastic process is used like, you know, when I was back in music school, we would have, a, you know, a correct way of singing, right? When I went to music school, so you would learn that approach. And then that way, when you were filtering everything coming in, you found like, oh, that's what that's supposed to sound like. And you start noticing the correct way of doing things more. And I think we can apply probably the stochastic process to, to magic in a way. Uh, of just like, oh, I, I want a good magic act. Like, this is the right way to do a, a specific palm. Uh, but now I'm going to notice when that's happening and other performers are doing that palm because now it's on your radar. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're also going to notice when it's not the correct, like you're going to be able to nitpick like, oh, they could have done that better or so forth. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just redefining those filters. So I think that's really interesting. Oh, totally. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have known the name for that, but it makes perfect sense. And like the car analogy yeah, also ties it all in. Like, <laughs> yep, yep, I just fell into that. Exactly, exactly. But I was more likely to watch the interview because, mm-hmm. you know, we had met, talked about him previously and so on. So, yeah, absolutely. And there you have it. Well, this was fun, Matt. Um, I w- we were gonna, we were going to talk about goals, but uh, usually when I uh, edit the podcast, I make a note of the uh, the goals, and I just uh, I forgot to do that this week. But do you remember what your goal was last week? But, uh, just to just to clarify, on the the uh, the shared Google Doc here, you have an M, which stands for Matt, and an E. Yeah. And normally there's a goal after each one, and you just you just logged in a question mark this week. <laughs> just have question marks. I have no idea. So does I that think, mean you don't know? I think I remember the, yours. I think you don't know was... what the previous goals were. Is that what yeah. that means, right? Yeah, yeah. You you think you know mine? I think you wanted to clean start with your desk. You only know than... that because someone said that in the mail, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I vaguely so, remember you talking about cleaning your office. Well, here here's the thing. Yeah, vaguely remember. Desk. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, if you don't remember your goal, I don't want to participate in letting you know whether or not I achieved mine. <laughs> Do you remember what my goal was? I have no idea. I think it was continue <sighs> working on the website, baby. I think it might have been, might oh, have been the website. Or, I, or it was either that or just like, you know, probably what I did anyway, which was uh, to refresh the live show since I have to do that. Right. I think that was probably my goal. Are we are we Easter egging the new goals? Yeah, let's Easter egg the new. <laughs> what this is called? All right, thanks for joining us for this week. Can't <laughs> wait to see you on the next goal time. We're gonna hit that music, but there's more show. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
however long this song is, is how much time we have to come up with a goal that we both forgot to make. Uh, I'm thinking about mine right now. Same. <laughs> this is just how the end of the show is now. We'll never know how we end the show. <laughs> um, I think I think I got my goal. I think I got it. Let's hear it. My goal is to, uh, as I'm doing these live shows, assess what's working and what's not so that when uh, uh, there's going to be more live shows opening up, they're probably going to be social distance so that I can adjust accordingly. Uh, so self-evaluation of the live performances is going to be my goal. Part of me wants to be supportive on this and be like, yeah, that's a great goal. The other part of me wants to just be like, it's totally inevitable that you're going to perform and learn something and apply what you've learned to the next show. Hey, easy Although goals some are... performers don't. <laughs> That's true. Easy goals are still goals, man. Or things that I'm going to do inevitably can still be a goal. Listen, I should not be one to criticize. So I was just hypothetically saying part of me wants to do that, but that's not what I'm going to do. Fair. I'm going to say that is a valid goal, Eric. Thank you. Thank you. Um, What's your goal, Matt? Uh, mine would be by this time next week, we've brought, we're bringing some new, uh, team members on board to, uh, for rehearsals and whatnot and, uh, preparing to announce a reopening date and whatnot. Um, and I would like to get to the, get to, uh, like a little bit of a run through by the time we record the next episode. Now we've done a, a stumble through already. Mm-hmm. stumble but, through, I, but yeah. you want a little bit more polished no um i want to do like a dry run through and really start honing it in but we in order to hone it in we have to do a series of more run throughs so like by the time by this time or by thursday of next week i would love to be in a position where we've sort of begun that process of running it over and over again mm. i don't know if we'll get there this like might be a, a lofty goal but that would be awesome great all right, we'll hold you to it, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Oh, if you want to email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com, we'd love to hear from you. Mind of, uh, Mind Magic Pod on the socials. It's in the show notes. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We're really nailing this. We got this down. 37 episodes. Best episode yet, baby. Let's go. We appreciate you being here. Bye-bye.